0: Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to Slash watching One Cross Radio, and today we are joined by nobody. It's me. I'm doing another solo episode. Um, today will probably be shorter than most episodes because it is on a singular topic. It is a movie review. Uh, so I'm also, as you can tell, I'm trying out new things with... One cross, uh, we're experimenting with uh, multi-part episodes, longer format episodes, and also now the occasional shorter episode. Uh, But lately, I've been sharing a particular scene from an excellent movie with some friends. And it's really got me thinking about how good this movie is. Uh, And if you can't tell by the shirt, uh, which, listener, you can't because you can't see me. Um, But viewer, if you can't tell by the shirt... Uh, or the Funko Pop in the background, uh, we are talking about Godzilla. And in particular, we are talking about the film Shin Godzilla, which is one of the best of the Godzilla franchise, and truthfully, honestly, one one of my top five in the past five years. Um, When I think about the top five, and eventually I might make a list um this is one that i out of early releases of it i wasn't that excited for it it looked such a dra- like such a drastic departure that i was like i oh, don't know man um because as much as it's like hey it's toho doing it they can do no wrong that's not quite true because uh, toho has made many excellent godzilla movies But also a bunch of non-excellent ones. None to the level of like 1998 uh, TriStar Godzilla, aka Zilla. But um, they're not all Godzilla from 1954. They're not all Godzilla Returns. Or uh, in this case, they're not all Shin Godzillas. Uh, But eventually when I watched it, it, uh, I was very much proven wrong. I was a little apprehensive about seeing it, like I said. But then, when I finally did get the chance to watch it, uh, it blew me the heck away. Um, because I think the thing is, I was actually talking about this with some youth the other night. Because um, on the we haven't we created an Instagram account so we could interact with the youth. Um, but we I put up a poll. Um, now I totally fixed the poll in the sense of I put up for a vote for a movie. Would you ever watch a Japanese Godzilla movie? And the options were yes and very yes. Um, and one of the youth was like, you should have put no. But the 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 yes votes far outweighed it. So eventually I, I might um, fix that up again. I'll, I'll put it up again. But as I was talking with them about it, they're like, why do you like this so much? Um, it's because much like the 54 original, uh, with Shin Godzilla, it's not just, like for a Godzilla movie, it's amazing. For a monster movie, it's outstanding. But like the 54 original, uh, it is an amazing movie, period. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive into that a bit. Um, so just because I'll, uh, it's difficult to describe the cast because there is kind of some main characters, but also not in a traditional sense. Uh, But before we roll into it, I do want to shout out, in particular, uh, the Godzilla podcast. Now, dear listener, if you're a Christian, um, there's occasional swears, and to my knowledge, none of these guys are Christian, so at various points, even as I was listening to the uh, Shin Godzilla uh, podcast they did... um, uh, at various points, through, they don't go into graphic detail or anything like that, but uh, they're, they're very much talking about like how hot one of the cast members is. Um, that's something I, I don't particularly enjoy hearing. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's in iffy territory at times because sometimes people are fine with that, sometimes people find that like you're objectifying and all that. Um, so just that caveat, that heads up. There's not there's not. Anything there that would make me be like No, don't listen to this It's just, hey, here's some stuff If you find it bothersome, don't listen to it But if you can hear that stuff And have it not affect you negatively Or not bother you And you want to hear like in-depth reviews uh of Godzilla from people who are fans but also really recognize the flaws check that podcast out uh they've gone through slowly over a number of years like every single friggin' Godzilla movie uh they just wrapped the uh Heisei period including the Mothra trilogy um they've also done stuff on the anime Godzilla um which again I'm uh to get some great episodes on the anime Godzilla hit up our friends at Redeemed Otaku their episodes on it were outstanding um So, it'll be interesting when they get to the millennium period. (sighs) Okay, so, into Shin Godzilla. So, as I kind of said, the cast... There are characters that are featured more, but um, the Godzilla podcast points this out great. The main character is kind of the Japanese people. Um, It's represented by government officials, some who get much more screen time than others. So... Uh, some of the cast includes and I'm going to butcher these names so I apologize in advance uh, Satomi Ishihara as uh, Kayoko Ann Patterson uh, Hiroki Hazegawa as Rando Yaguchi who is the main government guy we follow Uh, then there's also uh, Yakuta Takanuchi as uh, Hideki Akasaka uh, who is um, Rando's Uh, immediate superior I believe Uh, a great cast is uh, Makako Ichikawa Um, she plays Hideki Akasaka I don't think there's any relation to oh, nope, nope Google just gave me the same uh, the same character names for two different people so my bad Uh, yep, there's and the final cast guy I'll mention is uh, Ren Asugi as Prime Minister, CG Okochi, yeah, Okochi. I can't pronounce names. I'm sorry. Um, all of these characters get a fair amount of screen time, but it's it's not this movie's not a tra- It doesn't focus on characters in a traditional sense, and I think that ties into the overall style of the movie and the over and how it's overall shot. So it was directed by. Uh, Hideki Ano and Shinji Hijuki, uh, who both have worked a lot in anime. And I really think that the directing style was done similar to a traditional anime f- animated film. Uh, I'm not as familiar with anime, but some of the things apply. So, I'll, let me explain that. Um, traditionally shot movies, like, you can have a conversation where it's a person talking and then another person's in the frame talking, you can do it where it's not just like, I say something, cut, the camera's facing me now. I'm responding, cut, then back, cut. Uh, there's coverage shots, there's two people in the frame. A lot of this, like there, there are multiple people in the frame, but a lot of the times it's a head-on shot cut to the person reacting. You see that so much in cartoons. That gives this film a very distinct style uh, which is... You think would be distracting, but it really works for the film. Um, I will say now, all the performances were solid. Uh, in particular, I really, really enjoyed Hiroki Hase- Hasegawa and, uh, Mikako Ichikawa. Sorry, um, again, butchering names. Apolo- apologies. Um... Both of those characters, I really, really enjoyed. Um, yeah, this—it's it's so good. Um, yeah, the uh, l- let's dive in a little bit deeper. Um, much like the original film, uh, which was a reaction to atomic testing and, uh, in particular, the bomb—the bombings of Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Uh, this film is. direct response to the tsunamis the earthquakes because japan really had a rough time uh after 2008 the tsunamis and earthquakes were huge uh the government did uh did not necessarily respond as quickly as they should have so whenever godzilla like godzilla movies always always have always have a message be it uh, we, when we last talked about Godzilla, um, we could look into how it's about consumerism, how it's about environmentalism, uh, just diving in stuff. Sometimes it's heavy-handed. This one is about bureaucracy um, and also how Japan will, will persevere and overcome. But it really is a political film but not in a heavy-handed way. It's not Donald Trump bad. It's not certain kind of government bad. It's not yay this, boo this. Um, It really goes into bureaucracy um, and how that can, in times, screw over a country. However, at the same point, it is through a bureaucratic process that Japan prevails. So while it does point out the the faults, it also shows its successes. Uh, that is the kind of political movie I can get behind, because if it's just your ideology bad, mine good, that's, uh, friggin', you get that enough on the internet, like, I don't necessarily need to, I enjoy Aaron Sorkin's work as a writer, but at times he can be very heavy-handed with the I'm right, you're wrong. Uh, not nearly as heavy-handed as other people, but it does happen. Man, my hair and beard are bushy, uh... Hoof levels are very high. Um, yeah, it doesn't demonize government, um, which is is nice because political movies can do that. In particular, if they're talking about a, again, if they're talking about a certain political ideology, they'll lean on that. They'll lean on condemning uh, and demonizing. But how this movie goes, like it's it starts off just uh, like harbor patrol in tokyo finding an abandoned boat uh and then suddenly the boat is gone it gets crashed it i think they don't really show exactly what happens but they show something happening um then there's under there's tunnels under the water for cars suddenly the tunnels are flooding uh i can't remember the name of the boat but it was an homage to the the original godzilla from 54 uh it also beginning with a boat mysteriously like being sunk also straight up out of the 54 original then as the movie goes we cut to uh like the prime minister's office with a bunch of people and this is where we get (laughs) into the democrat the the bureaucracy process being bad or not being bad, like it is good, but it shows how it can be bad because you're in a. The first 40 minutes are so much like, here's a cabinet meeting. Now we're going, we're incorporating more people. Now we're going back to here. Now we're going back to here. Um, it shows like misinformation, multiple voices, er, uh, everybody putting, pre- like people putting pressure on one thing, people shooting down one thing. Uh, the main guy. Uh, Rondo, Rando, he is the first to hear, like, it might be a creature doing this. He brings it up. He gets immediately shot down. And then suddenly on the news, it cuts to this giant friggin tail or borderline eel-like creature in the bay. And everybody's freaking the heck out. Um, Then it cuts back to more meetings. Then the prime minister finally has to address it. Uh, they're trying to get scientists to come in, um, to get to get a comment. You've already got protest. You got military officials and other officials being like, "Just kill this thing. Get it out of the bay. Like it's it's cost it's. We've had to ground flights. We've had to shut down tunnels. It's like it's affecting us. It's costing lives. It's like we need to do this. Uh, but then you also have other people being like, yeah." We need to study this thing. We can't immediately kill it. Uh, There's already protesters being like, don't kill this thing. Don't kill this thing. You need to save it. It's a living being. It's a living creature. Uh, Then you cut to getting some scientists in, uh, biologists, um, and you get, like, based on the little information I have, here's my theory. It's really out there. Here's my little theory. It's, It's really out there. I need time to study. And then the final one being like, I can't give something because unless I've got to study it, if I'm wrong, like my credibility in this field is shot, which is a very interesting thing. Because so much right now is if you say one thing wrong, your credibility is shot. Uh, It really ties into real world themes but incorporates it smoothly and not, like, overly heavy-handedly. Because, again, it's not taking a side. Uh, some of this stuff is also played for comedy, but not in a slapstick way. Um, an example being, like, the, the Prime Minister, it, they're really like, stick to the script, go with it. This isn't making the Prime Minister a bad guy, don't get me wrong. But then, he, as he he then suddenly does an ad-lib to try to comfort the people, being like, there's no way this, coming, this thing is coming on land. Cut two. It's coming on land. And he's like, wait, what? Um, and it's not like a wah-wah way. It's it's done in a serious manner, but it's still like poking fun almost at short-sightedness or when we are over-certain about things. There's a lot of stuff looking into misinformation, jumping the gun. There's just so many deep themes in this movie. Uh, let's talk about... Uh, Actually, no, give me a second. Uh, There's other stuff in here that works really, really, really well. Um, Unlike any other Godzilla movie, it takes a while for the military to do stuff. Because, again, they're doing this in a really real-world way. Now, the Godzilla podcast (laughs) points out, fairly, that there is science in the movie, like, accurate science, where they're like, we probably could, a a real-life Godzilla that size could probably not exist it would not be able to support its own weight um, or it's very very unlikely and then like the movie leans on that but then it goes into the pseudoscience route where the science works for the film so you're good you're good to uh it, it, to go up with the suspension of belief because if the logic works within the film so then you're on board uh but it takes a while for them to roll out the military it's it's more of a defense force and they're like, we can't, we we have to be careful here, because if we kill any people, we're, the defense force is done. Uh, they, It's really, really good, because a defense force shows up during this time also, and I'll unpack it more later, but Godzilla, at the start of the movie, is not big green. Uh, it's You don't see it at first, then all you see is a tail or an eel-like creature, And then there's a design with, fair enough, googly eyes. Not actual googly eyes, but you can make that criticism. Uh, And as it's coming on land, it looks like a frill shark, minus the fins and stuff, but with legs. So it's just pushing itself with these stubby little legs, like, along the ground. Eventually, as it's pushing over buildings, it starts... Like, the thing constantly evolves. Um... So it's hard for the force to prepare for that as it it gets to its third stage where it's it's fully bipedal and it has really short arms and this this chest bone like really sticking out. Um, it uh it also bleeds like the frill shark the frill shark form as it's on the ground at points it's like it's evolving to go with air so it had huge gills that bled. And then it was. They stopped bleeding, and the gills started to shrink. Uh, they, as it's toppling over buildings, and as it's growing, you see it. It looks like it's in pain. Uh, like it, it is a straight up monstrosity. It's a, it's a monster. There's a funny meme where it's like, now let's talk to our friend uh, Shin Godzilla, and it's just like life and existence is pain because this the design for the creature looks like it's it's mu- raw muscle not like buff muscle like it's you see raw tissue it's it's harsh teeth and bones protruding like it's it looks like it would be a painful existence sorry I, I've double dipped now I was going to save that for later but then as they're about to take their the helicopters and the force are finally showing up uh, they're like Prime Minister we have to do this now and then there's the tension mounting. There's the person with the uh, uh, the their hands over the trigger, but then they notice as they're evacuating the areas in this area, there are two people, there are two or three people evacuating. It was a nice touch because then the prime minister's like, no, we're not losing any life. We can't like, no, you got to pull back. That it's interesting because you they didn't they I think they addressed it, but. Godzilla left, and then came back later in its prime, its fourth form, which looks the most like traditional Godzilla, but still very much Shin. Uh, like I said, the exposed muscle, the like, expo- like protruding bones, the exposed teeth, um, no proper lips. It looks like a painful existence, but it looks the most. It, you're when you see it, you're like, wow, that's a twisted version of Godzilla. Um, But when it comes back, it is now, like, fully grown. Uh, It's almost like if they could have earlier in the movie, they might have been able to kill it. Uh, But when it shows back up, they do the evacuation. They do the build-up again, which creates so much tension uh, by the time it... Because it cuts to the person in the helicopter communicating to a general, communicating to another general, then communicating with the Prime Minister... You think this would get boring, but it works because it's quick and it also just adds to that tension. Cause then you're you're compounding the weight of like we're about to fire, this thing's coming into cities. Like, we're going to have to rebuild. There are consequences to these actions. Not like if it happened in a like in a forest region, there's no consequences, but those are different. Uh there are so like like they, they make the weight of the choice. So much more palpable than it is in other Godzilla films. Uh, I cannot stress this enough. It makes you dial into this movie more. It's so good. Uh, and then when they finally start follow- firing, they're tracking like how much ammo they're going through and how it's doing nothing. Uh, and then it's like, you go through the cycles of we're trying... This machine gun. Not working. All right, use the bigger gun. All right, not working. Now let's try missiles. Okay, those aren't working. Now let's try tanks. Aim for the legs. Wow, the artillery shells aren't working. Okay, let's use tanks and helicopters. Not working. We're out of ammo. Like, you're tracking with this. So it amps up almost the desperation and the borderline bleakness. Um, And then as this is all happening... Godzilla is slowly moving back towards Tokyo. Uh, The 54 original, for an entire 20 minutes, I think it is, has this beautifully tragic uh, destruction of Tokyo sequence. This is, for my money, almost as good, if not just as good. Uh, At this time, as it's going on, though, you've also, as they're doing the bureaucracy, and people are trying to figure out, Rondo's team is trying to figure out. What this is, because somebody wrote a, basically some, uh, a university professor who's gone AWOL, uh, they've found through another person, like, a thing predicting this. Like, because of Japan and other countries, like, haphazardness with nuclear material, uh, that something like a Godzilla would come. Uh, as they're go- they're trying to find this guy, they're also trying to figure out ways to stop it. Because especially traditional artillery and stuff isn't working. And they're also like, if we kill it, it like that's a lot of radiation. Um, so as they're doing this, Godzilla's getting towards Tokyo. There's pressure from other countries, especially America, to be like, you need to drop the bomb. And it's overtaken by this. There's this solemn, solemn seriousness because Japan's like, we don't want to do this again. We don't want to go through this again. Even though this time it's our call, we don't want to do this again. And it it adds there's just the more realistic part without it being like it's grounded in realism. Like these kind of things help make the film much more engaging. Again, especially as it's not a traditional movie where it's like here's your main hero, here's your B storyline. It's almost like you're following around a group of people. You can almost put yourself in this situation. Uh, especially if you've been part of any kind of team. Not even like, in ministry or in other things. It's There's that attachment factor to it. It's so good. Um, so Godzilla's getting to Tokyo. They agreed to have US stealth bombers help. Which are... I don't know much about military, but whenever you see these plane, like these planes, they're like the the high, high, high tech planes. Um, they're evacuating Tokyo as Godzilla's getting closer, evacuating to the underground tunnels. They're getting the prime minister out. Um, there's some amazing shots because Godzilla in this movie is a destructive force of nature. Like I don't want to say he's a chaotic evil; he's a chaotic neutral, but it is. He is chaos and destruction incarnate. Um, and nothing slows him down. But there's some amazing shots of him just standing. The score is outstanding. Incorporating old themes. Themes from an anime movie. The stealth, As the stealth bombers show up, they drop the bombs on him. They land on his back and they cause him to bleed. And then you can tell this thing's pissed. Uh, and then when it as it screeches out and it's the original roar, it leans over... And then the score starts amping up. Uh, this is the highlight of the movie for me. It's the best sequence in a bar none. Uh, it leans over, it roars, it roars in pain. Um, but then you can tell something's going on as the score is amping up. As it's leaning over, its mouth separates. It lowers, its lower jaw actually fully separates. Um... Its eyes kind of go black. And then, like the 2014 Godzilla, you get the slow glow. Um, in this case, it's purple. But then you cut to the people reacting to it because they don't know what's going on. And the sky, which has been dark, you see the slow purple glow. And they're like, what's going on? What's it doing? Uh, and then it's a charge-up. So then, out of instead of the movies or the 2014 movie where there's the charge-up and then it's the atomic breath in this case it's not like ash but it's like this long insanely thick cloud of smoke just going everywhere out of its mouth you see wide shots of it stretching across the city then it cuts to flame coming out so it's this long bit of fire just going everywhere destroying everything but there's still structures and then as it's charging up, it goes into the beam. The, the atomic breath. And it becomes this focus beam. Where in the other movies, it's like a concussive force. And this, it's, it's a cutting beam. Like, it still has the destructive force, but it slices. So, uh, Godzilla looks up in the air. It slices through the plane. It slices through some buildings. Uh, and then... It stops. It it stops. But then, we get something we've never gotten in a Godzilla movie. It can shoot the beams out of its back. So with the planes flying above and it dropping bombs, it starts doing that. So it cuts through all the bombs, cuts through the stealth bombers. Then it switches back to its atomic breath, slices through a bunch of buildings. At this point, the prime minister is getting in, uh, getting in a helicopter, and he's dead. Like it, the beam hits the helicopter, prime minister and a bunch of people in the cabinet gone. Uh, during this whole time, as you've seen it, you've seen people still in the city trying to get away, dead. Uh, because they, because they do so well with this stuff, uh, when death happens, it has an impact. Like, the CG in this movie is excellent. There's also miniatures, but it's not just the entire time, miniatures, where in the back of your head it's like, wow, this is really good, but people are dying. In this time, the music, the effects, when death happens, it hits, it has a punch. It really makes it, like, tragically, solemnly beautiful. It is, it's, I, I, it is outstanding. Uh, so then, after the, the beam starts to dissipate, it's then back into the flames. Uh, then then it stops doing it uh but then you're cutting across to all these districts across tokyo just destroyed and in flames and then the music's still hitting as it's just a solo shot of godzilla slowly walking and then the flames uh behind it and then it gets to a spot which hadn't quite reached and it's slowing down and then it stops and then it's almost like it goes into hibernation mode which is again something really new for godzilla where it's the idea of it expended all its energy it used it all. So it's in hibernation. It's re it's slowly rebooting. Uh, and then you cut to stuff where it's like people have been forced in underground shelters for three days while the radiation dissipates. Uh, then it's a bunch of people trying to figure out what they're doing, installing a new prime minister, uh, who also, the rest of the world uh, the world's like, look, we're gonna do this, because clearly nothing else is working, like, we need to drop the bomb the Prime Minister agreeing, and then Rondo's team having like days to (laughs) days to figure out what to do, so eventually they they figure out how to cool this thing down um, freeze it, almost uh, well, not almost, they do friggin' freeze it. Uh, so then, the, the ending sequence is really cool, uh, some people have pointed out, like, why would, they, they throw trains at it, cause it's in the heart of Tokyo, the trains hit the legs. they're toppling buildings over on it, people have commented, like, oh, and drone strikes, um, people are like, how would this damage it when earlier nothing was damaging it, and it's cause, like, it started reacting because stuff was happening to it. Uh, it's still, it was not fully rebooted. It was not back to full strength. Um, eventually they get all the coolant or whatever the hell it is. I can't remember. Um, I I just can't remember what it's called. They get all the coolant in, uh, and then it, they're like, it should be frozen. It's still going. This didn't work. And then as it looks like it's about to charge up. Also at this time, you see Godzilla uses its back beams again. It also uses its tail and its mouth at the same time, so this thing is constantly evolving. Um, but then, as it's about to, it as it's roaring, the thing freezes, freezes solid. Uh, at this point, the like the nuke clock is down to like thirty minutes. Uh, so it works. The last little bit of the movie is about like Japan will rebuild, we will overcome, we will we will do it. And again, you got here through Briot. Bureaucracy. So it's really interesting how, in the first half of the movie, it's showing the faults of this faults of bureaucracy, like how it can slow things down. Especially, there's times when you need to act, you need to act immediately, and how the bureaucratic process can slow that down and have negative effects. But at the end of the movie, it also shows, like, through through the bureaucratic process. Of the of not just going with the top down decision of no, we're going to drop the bomb, like look, this is happening. But if you can stop it in the meantime, do it. Uh, and the process of people trying, failing, coming up with all these ideas that worked uh, at the end. Uh, Rondo's looking at mo- like potentially moving up in the uh, in the field of politics from his position, but not becoming prime minister. It's. It's all really good. Then you get the ending shot. The last shot of the movie, no music, it's just silent, the camera's going on the the frozen solid Godzilla. Then you get to the tail, and you see little Godzilla creatures, but two-legged ones in very humanoid form. Not like Godzilla under the cover of humans. But this whole thing was, it was almost like, it's evolving into the perfect organism that can't be killed, that can't be destroyed. And then it's evolving further. Because it, even though it's not being destroyed by humanity, it's also like, this is the next step that would take out humanity. So that's like a crazy tense way to end it. You're like, whoa, what? Um, now, after Shin Godzilla, people were like, there's going to be a sequel because you wouldn't put that tail end there if it wasn't um in a previous godzilla podcast i talked about the godzilla the eras of godzilla we are we just went through the mini fourth one in japan with the shin godzilla and then the anime trilogy we are about to enter another era uh so it really does seem unlikely that we're getting a sequel which is both a shame and something i'm fine with because this director this team did such an outstanding job that i'd be like let's do it again but at the same point it real like there's room to grow but it really does work as its own isolated film I, I can't deny that so i'm if it's a one and done i am i am fine with that uh yeah i'm looking forward to more japanese godzilla movies uh as much as i love like traditional cheesy Godzilla stuff, um, and the slightly more serious stuff. My two favorite... Yeah, two of my favorites, sorry. Two of my favorite ones are the 54 original and Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla, in my opinion, gives the 54 original a run for its money. It is the closest one to the original in tone. It's the As much as people point out, like, oh, there's a couple different ones called Godzilla, because there was... There was... Um, but each era rebooted, but they all, all of them had it being as a sequel to the 54 original. Shawa just, the Showa period just ran onwards with it being a a sequel. It's like, it's another Godzilla, but it happened after the first one. When you got to the Heisei period, it was the second Godzilla. Not the first Godzilla, but the second Godzilla. But the '54 happened. It just ignored everything from the Shawa period. When he got to the Millennium period, with the exception of Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, and I think Tokyo SOS, um, each of the Millennium ones, actually with the exception uh, with the exception of Final Wars as well, uh, mill- each Millennium Godzilla was this was a direct sequel to the first one. Millennium had next to no intercontinuity. In Final Wars. It was Godzilla, it wasn't clear, but it's there's an argument to be made that it was just another Godzilla, frozen. Um, actually, yeah, it would have been another Godzilla because you saw the friggin' original dissolve. But it was, again, a direct sequel to the original. Shin Godzilla, in Toho continuity, in America continuity, very different. Uh, in Toho continuity, or Toho Godzilla films, they've all been a direct sequel to the original in some shape or form this is the only proper straight up reboot new story no connection uh it ha- uses the roar it uses the theme songs some of them it uses and there's a lot of familiar themes but it is in no way shape or form impacted by story wise by the 54 original uh so it is as much of a clean slate as you can get and it works for it it works for it outstandingly um yeah, it is easily one of the best of the franchise. There can be a debate made that it is the best of the franchise. Um, which is really rough to say because the 54 original is outstanding. Uh, I, It's on par with it. Uh, you could probably make the argument with the newer special effects and all that that in some ways it holds up better. Um, and some of the topic really will resonate with a modern audience more than the 54 original would, necessarily. Uh, but both are outstanding films. But it is easily one of the best of the franchise. Um, and it is easily uh, one of the top five movies I've seen in the last five years. It's it's outstanding. Um, so, dear listener, if you get the chance to check out this film, I highly recommend you do. The other thing I'd like to say about it... Is uh, Japanese budgets are not American budgets, so I believe this film had a budget of 22 million dollars. To me, it shows, and not in a bad way. There's only a couple scenes where you're like, "Oh, the special effects aren't that great." None of them are out and out bad, but there's other times where the special effects look amazing, and it also shows what you can do on a 22 million dollar budget. You don't always need 180 million, 200 million, or an insanely high budget to get great special effects. Sometimes you can do a lot with little. Um, So, if you get the chance, I highly recommend you check out this movie. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of One Cross Radio. Let me know in the comments if you'd like me to do more of these shorter episode reviews. Now, I thought this would be quicker, but... Here we are. Uh, let me know if you'd like to do more solely f- uh, you'd like me to do more solely focused on a single movie review, uh, solo or with people. I know I do it with people more, but I enjoyed this. And uh, if you've seen the movie, let me know your thoughts. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of One Cross Radio. Hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you all so much for your love and support. Uh, I love y'all and I'm praying for y'all and again I hope this is pointing you in some aspect towards Jesus because God is good and amazing. With all that being said, hope you have a wonderful day and God bless my friends. Take care. Peace.